Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. It is hour number two of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross here at South Point Casino and Hotel here in Las Vegas. And joined once again by Michael Lombardi. And Michael, we begin hour number two with breaking news here. This according to Ian Rappaport saying we have a reunion. The Rams are signing safety Eric Weddle to play in the playoffs per agent David Cantor. With the injury to Jordan Fuller, Weddle steps in wild, Ian says. That is wild. Yeah, it, is, it is wild. Can he start, you Michael, know, rem- and just go ahead and come right off the hasn't couch? Played in t- hasn't played in two years. He wasn't last year part of this, the, the, the Brendan Staley defense, and certainly this is Raheem Morris's defense, which is different than any defense he's been with. He was with the Ravens. Right. And so that was Don Martindale, Wink Martindale's defense. So, you know, he's going to have to, I would suspect the calls aren't going to be really similar to him, you know, and, it, you know, plus the, the wear and tear on his body. Like part of being a free safety is getting everybody in the right call, making the right check, making sure everybody's communicating. It's what Mathout does so well for the Chiefs. You know, you know, to, when you get in those bunch formations, you always see the three players looking at each other. You know, how is this going to work out depending on the depending on the releases of the bunch? And so you have to have great communication, great understanding. And sometimes guys play. You know, Jim Leonard, the great defense coordinator mm-hmm. for the Minnesota for the Wisconsin Badgers. I mean, he played in the NFL because he could make all the calls. He wasn't the you know, he was a small guy, he was tough, he would tackle, but he was limited, you know. But trust me, the bus couldn't get to the stadium if it wasn't for Jim if Jim Leonard wasn't on the bus, the bus driver would have no idea where to go, just <laughs> like the defense had no idea where to go. And and so this is an interesting decision here. They must feel like or Weddle must know this the calls in this defense to get him in there because it'd be hard to get him ready. And then I worry about the first play of the game. He's going to get, you know, he might get broken in half. Right. He just might get broken. I mean, you know, it's one thing to be working out, sitting on the couch and, you know, and, and coughing twice before you go run. But, I mean, <laughs> this is some serious downhill stuff going to come right at you, you know, and you're going to have to handle it. And you got to tackle, you know, meep, meep in space. I mean, you know, I mean, it's hard to tackle that guy. No question. And we know Arizona is going to want to get physical. That's the way they beat up the Rams the first time around. To that end, let's talk about the Rams and maybe the stages and how far they might get in this postseason. And again, these odds, according to BetMGM, that they would potentially lose in that first round matchup with Arizona. It's plus 170. If you, you think that happens, you think they're going to at least win one, but that they're going to be one and done at that. Plus 140. And you see the odds there to lose in the Super Bowl and win are the same at 10 to 1. What do you make of this Rams team, Michael? Because I'm really confused when I watch them play. I, I, I don't, 
you know, confused is probably the right word, right? I think confused is the right word because, you know, when you watch him offensively, we know Stafford's got the great arm, right? But they can't run the ball like they ever have. They're 23rd in terms of uh, – they're 28th in – excuse me, they're 25th in yards per attempt in rushing. So they really can't run the ball. You know, they're very good at throwing it, but then they turn the ball over too damn much. And Stafford, for all the praise and for all the picks that they gave up to get him, is really – as someone in the league told me, just a little bit better than God with a better arm. Like, have they really improved that position? I mean, the guys turned the ball over in the last four weeks nine times. Mm. I mean, they're, you know, they turned it over against San Francisco, turned it over three times against Baltimore in a one-point game, turned it over three times against Minnesota in a lot closer game than that score, mm -hmm. you know? And so, and then how good are they on defense? They're 21st on third down. They got the great Von Miller and they got Aaron Donald. This, shouldn't they be better on third down? Yeah. Shouldn't they be able to create more problems? You know, and, and but yet they can't. I mean, they can't. And and when they went and played the Cardinals, you know, the first time when the Cardinals came in in week in week four in SoFi Stadium, the Cardinals dominated the game, 400 yards of offense. I mean, they they gained 465 yards of offense. They ran for 216 and threw for 249. Now that was a different Cardinal team. And maybe things will change. But I have no faith that the Rams could go into Green Bay or go to Tampa and win that game. I don't either, Michael. And the thing is, and again, I'm sure you remember this well in the offseason last year. Everybody's anointed Les Neal, Sean McVay, three number ones for Matthew Stafford. You did this great job. You got rid of Jared Goff's contract. And I thought, three number ones? To, to, for yeah. the upgrade for Stafford, for if this doesn't work out, Michael, in this run here for the Rams, I don't know how long their window's actually open because they got a lot of old guys on that team. Yeah, they really do. They really do. And they, and they don't seem to – and look, the offensive line, as we know, Dave, <laughs> is not very good. I mean, they have to run the ball. They have to run the ball to take some of the pressure off the offensive line. And when they go against a good front that can rush them, it's a problem. And so when they can run their play action, can, when they can run the golf offense, and that's the key, mm -hmm. they have to run the golf offense. I mean, for all the picks you gave up for Stafford, you wanted to say, okay, we're going to become a drop back pass team now. We're going to be able to do so many different things because we've got this elite quarterback and he is elite in terms of his arm strength, but he's been hit way too much and his eye level is way down. Yes. And he's worried about getting hit. I mean, he's worried about getting hit. So that's to me is the biggest issue. And as you get into the playoffs and you get into this situation, you know, when he's turning the ball over at such a rapid rate and taking chances with the football, it, this is not good. Yeah, you know, one elite quarterback that does not look down, that is Aaron Rodgers, the odds-on favorite to no, be the back-to-back uh, -back MVP of the league. You or Herbert, for that matter. Yep. I mean, or Herbert, for that matter. I mean, I mean, unfortunately, we couldn't get the tie on Sunday or else we could <laughs> the least experience Herbert for another week. I mean, now we've got Ben, and we've got 75 passes that are all going to be under three yards or more. <laughs> You're not going to get that from the Green Bay Packers when they play. Now, look, they get the bye week here, but you look at their prospects going forward. And, Michael, this is interesting. Because, again, just like Steve Mackinnon said last hour, we don't know who they're going to play. They don't know who they're playing. So it's really hard to map this out as to when you might think they could lose. If you think they're going to lose their very first game, whoever that might be against, plus 175. They're going to lose in the title game like they did a year ago, plus 155. Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl are about the same to lose or win, plus 450, plus 400. What do you make of the, where this team is? Because, remember, they played kind of full strength Sunday in Detroit, for the first half, and they were trailing. 
at the half. I don't know <laughs> if that gives you a pause to, to kind of go, wait a minute, what's going on here? Or do you think that was just more about getting records and Devontae Adams getting his incentive money? You know, I, 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 you know, I think you can't really judge that game because I don't think they were fully vested. I mean, you could say they played their guys, but their guys didn't play at the level that we're used to seeing those guys play. The concerns I have about Green Bay are, have been the concerns I've had all year about them, and, and Rodgers always finds a way to overcome them. Now, I think they've taken their foot off the gas in some of these games. They, they, they had a chance to lose Baltimore. They're up by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Took their foot off the gas. You know, the same thing that happened in the Cleveland game. Took their foot off the gas. Give Cleveland a chance to come back in the game. I mean, they've got to make, they've got to understand that they're not a great team. In the, they have the worst kicking game in all of football, right? They're mm. the worst special teams. Their defense, their defense, which was playing good earlier in the season, isn't the same. They're 22nd in DV, D, DVOA and defense. And that, to me, has opened up a variance to where you have a chance to beat them. If you can win the kicking game, which most teams will beat them in the kicking game, and if you can play good offensive football and control the ball, and you can run it again, keep Rodgers limited on how much time he's out there, and then play well in the fourth quarter. I mean, go back to the second game of the year when, you know, I think it was the, the Lions went in there, and the Lions were giving them a hard game the entire game right. until the fourth quarter, and then it kind of fell apart. That's been the Green Bay. They kind of, Rodgers, just because of his uniqueness, he wears you down, you know, and look, that, let's be honest here. They, that the, the North that they play in, Minnesota was down this year, and then when they played Minnesota the second time, Minnesota didn't have half their team. You know, Chicago really down. Mm -hmm. Detroit really down. I mean, they benefited from playing some teams that were down, and then they played a team from – they played Washington. I mean, they haven't played the hardest schedule, but they have the best player. And whenever you have the best player in single elimination tournament, you got a chance to beat anybody. Yeah, good news potentially Zadarius Smith. I saw he's going to be eligible to return to practice. They've been without him for the majority of the year. So maybe get that edge rusher back here. And you got to wait to see what happens with Jair Alexander. If they can get back that duo, Michael, and that, that defense, maybe that DVOA could go up a little bit. So we'll see if the Packers can get yeah, healthy. But I think here's the point. Here's what I think you have to be as betters. We have to be getting a player back and the player playing well is two different things. Right. Remember when J.J. Watt came back in that Houston game in Kansas City? Everybody's always, oh, J.J.'s back. Well, he wasn't even close to being the player. He was on the field, but he wasn't the same player. And that's your, always your concern about guys who have missed so much time, not mm. Waddle time, who's missed two years, <laughs> but guys who have missed so much time, you're worried, can they come back and play at a high level? I think that's the challenge. That's a great point. It's certainly, again, when you try to uh, project here where you might want to take the Packers to go to and or go out. One more very quickly, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is a fascinating one for me, mm. Michael, because, again, we know Brady is working with a new band of brothers, if you will, at the wide receiver core, right? He's also doing that at the running back position, but he's still Tom Brady. So when I look at their prospects and look at these numbers, you could potentially get plus 850 to win the Super Bowl to go back-to-back, -to, -back, to get there, but lose plus 750, lose in the title game, you know, maybe a rematch scenario with, with Green Bay again. What do you make of the Bucks right now, where they are with Brady? Because I just can't count them out. Like you said about 12 in Green Bay, I feel the same way about 12 in Tampa. It's hard to count out Brady, there's no doubt. But Brady's got – I mean, Ronald Jones didn't practice yesterday. He's out with an ankle. Jason Pierre-Paul, his shoulder's still a problem. Is Shaq Barrett going to play? I don't know. Murphy Bunning is, is – he was limited. You know, Sherman's out for the season. Not that he was playing very well. Bless me, you. I'm sorry. 
Not that he was playing very well anyway. I don't know why I sneeze all the time. But anyway, <laughs> the, maybe because it's so cold here. Right. You know, uh, uh, but I, I think to me, this injury report is going to be, before you place this, I think this line's a little extended. And, and I think they're hurt on defense. I mean, the last two weeks, the New York football Jets and the Carolina Panthers have run for a combined 260 yards. The Jets ran for 150, and the Panthers ran for 110. These are two non-explosive offenses. If they can run, if, when you can run the ball on the on the on the Bucks, that's a different game because their secondary is really beat up. It's a great point. Their defense has not been the same. It's been banged up all year, that's for sure. But they're not getting healthier in time for the postseason. Michael, when we come back, I want to pick your brain on what you think might be the highest scoring game and maybe the lowest scoring game we're going to see in Super Wild Card Weekend here in the Lombardi Line. I'm Vista and the Sports Betting Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team that could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of the never, Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You've seen the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money lines, over-unders, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way VEASAN is here to make you a smarter better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi. This is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN. 
And, Michael, I do want to get to the highest and scoring and lowest scoring games potentially in the playoffs this weekend, but I just want to give you an announcement because Lou Finicaro has entered the building here at v yeah. and He's going to join us next segment right here on set, so I'm very excited about that. But let's talk a little bit about this highest scoring game possibility here, and I'll give you some options. And, obviously, when you look at the Niners and the Cowboys, it's the biggest total of the weekend. It's been bet up a little bit here to about 51. So that's plus 325 if you believe the Niners and the Cowboys would be the highest scoring game of the entire weekend. Cardinals and Rams sitting right around 50 that total. Hasn't moved a whole lot here. That's plus 350. Eagles and Bucks, and we discussed this one a little bit yesterday, Wes Reynolds and myself here in the Lombardi line, plus 375. That number's actually been dipping down a little bit. And then you mentioned that cold weather in Cincinnati, but still a high total, plus 375. Is it one of these top four, or maybe could we get some wild scenario where the Chiefs go nuts against the Steelers? Well, I was going to mention that. I kind of actually like the Steelers at the Chiefs here because we know the Steelers are bad on defense. I know T.J. Watt's been sensational, but they struggle in most every aspect of defense. And, you know, and so we know the Chiefs are going to score. Plus, we know the Chiefs have been prone to allow points to happen late. And we know by the time Ben warms up in the fourth quarter, the game might be over, but he might keep trying to score, you know, and, and that number could kind of get away. And the opponent for the Chiefs becomes the clock, not Ben Roethlisberger. So that one kind of would be a, at the value that you're seeing at plus 500. That to me would seem like, OK, I would take a shot on that. Why not? You know. I do think the Eagles Bucks have a chance to really start to move because I think both teams will move the ball effectively hmm. at 375. I think the Bucks. we were hitting on this yesterday before we went to break. The Bucks can't when they can't play the run, which has been the strength of their defense over the Todd Bowles career because of injuries. They're vulnerable now to the pass and play action and the Eagles can run the football on anybody. And I think this game could be a little bit of a back and forth. You know, they're changing what they do defensively, the Eagles, so it's not going to be quite the same. But they're not going to fool Brady on what they're doing. He'll go after Steven Nelson, much like he's done every time he played in Pittsburgh. So, you know, I think there'll be a lot of points in that game. I I get the sense in the Cardinals, because I don't think the Cardinals score a lot, even though last week it was a 38-30 game against Seattle. You know, I think that'll be more of a defensive struggle. I think that one thing I think that that has to happen in that game is Sean McVay knows he's got to run the ball, control the clock, do those things. You know, it's it's really this question is about who's pacing the game. Mm. The Raiders need to pace the game to win. They can't get in a shootout. They need to pay. They need to run it. They need to eat clock because they're not going to get a gift of three points like Staley got them last week. They're not going to get some of those benefits, right? So you need to kind of pace the game. I think the game, you know, so those are the games stay away from. The games that I don't think they care about pace, Philly, Tampa, you know, Pittsburgh, Kansas City. Pittsburgh cares about pace. They just can't implement it. Right. And then Arizona Rams. Uh, very quickly to the Buccaneers, because, uh, Michael, when I watch football, I, my eyes go to linebackers, man. I love to watch linebackers play. When I watched the national championship, I was in heaven watching Alabama and Georgia just bang up with those guys up front. What's happened to Devin White? Has, has he been the same guy that I saw last year in that Super Bowl run? Because you mentioned the Bucs not being able to stop the run. Am I putting too much emphasis on 45 on one guy in that Bucks defense? 
Well, I think the Bucks defense has been beat up, and I think because their edges is not the same, right? They don't have – I mean, Pierre – they miss Pierre Paul. They need him in there. They need Barrett in there. They need all their guys, and I think White's gotten – you know, what happens to the, the – the, one of the benefits with Vita Vey inside and mm. Sue, they do such a good job of eating up blocks that White can just run around and make plays, and all of a sudden, when he doesn't have to, it becomes a real problem. So I, I think they're just not healthy. I think this Buck team – is, is beat up on both sides of the ball. And I think it's a concern to them as they enter into this. And Philly can, you know, Philly is probably the healthiest as they've been all year, and they're confident. And they can go in there and they can run the football on them. And if they don't get from – if Philly doesn't get behind in the game and Philly can play from in front and put some pressure on the Bucks to, you know, to, to stop them with their offense, put some pressure on them, make it a closer game – then it becomes a problem. With, with Tampa gets the lead in this game, and Philly now has to rely on Hertz's arm, arm and his passing skills, mm -hmm. that's when it gets into problems. Let's flip the script and talk about the potentially the lowest scoring game of the weekend. And obviously, you can basically flip the order we just gave you for the highest scoring. And then you look at the Pats and the Bills. Plus 200 to have the lowest combined point total here. Ironically, the Steelers and Chiefs are the second one on the board at uh, plus 350. I think what you mentioned about the Raiders and the Bengals is interesting at plus 500. If the Raiders are able to run Josh Jacobs and run clock, and maybe with the Bengals' first time, bad weather, maybe it's a lower point total than we expect. I think we're expecting points in Dallas and certainly in Tampa Bay, as you mentioned. Is it as obvious as it appears on the board that it's the Pats and the Bills? Yeah, I mean, because of weather and because of the, the Patriots have to pace the game. I mean, the last time they played, what was it, a 28, 27, 21 game that, that the, the Bills won, that, that that was a little, the pace got away from the, 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 the Patriots had to play from behind, right? And so that became a real issue. But for me, I think it's really critical that the Raiders are able to run the football. I mean, they've got to be able, to, they can't get in a shootout. They can't strike as quickly the way that the Bengals – I mean, the Bengals just throw the ball up there, and the next thing you know, it's a touchdown to, uh, to to Chase. He just goes out there and competes for the ball. This game was – this game the last time they played, David, was a, was a 10-6 to 6 game at the half. And that's about right for the, for, the, for the Raiders to play, right? That was exactly what they needed. The problem was they gave up 19 points in the fourth quarter. Right. They turned the, – the Raiders turned the ball over in the fourth quarter, and they made an advantage. The game was 16-13. to 13. You know, late in the third, late in the third, it's 16-13. It's set up perfectly, and then all of a sudden the, they scored. They, they ended up scoring a touchdown and a field goal, and they just put the – two touchdowns and a field goal, they put the game away. So, to me, that, that's really the difference. And remember, the last time they played, you know, which I, I think will not happen this time, 32 points that they scored, the Bengals. Nine of them came when McPherson made three 50-yard field goals. right. He made a 54-yarder, he made a 53-yarder, and he made a 51-yarder. I don't think a 50-yard field goal in Cincinnati with the cold weather is really going to be automatic. I think it's going to be a real challenge. I, I don't even know if I would try it. I would rather go for it on fourth down than try that. But I think those nine points, I, I want to say you could almost dismiss them because I don't think they would attempt them because it's so hard to kick the ball with that kind of weather. You know, and so, look, you know, I, I just think to me the Raiders have to pace this game the best way they can. He's the only kicker, I believe, in NFL history to celebrate 
a non-made kick in overtime in the Green Bay game. It still makes me laugh to this day. Literally <laughs> thought it was in and was celebrating like they had won the game. Uh, let's talk about the highest-scoring team potentially. And obviously, you got to uh, you know extrapolate that they're going to at least win because obviously you can't have a losing team do that. Can I interest you in the Cowboys at plus 600 that if they are to beat San Francisco, and we know how bad the back four of San Francisco can be. You can get them there. Now, look, they got a tough front seven. We understand that. They got good linebacker play. But you can get them deep. Michael, are they a long shot, the Cowboys, to put up the most points if they can get those wide receivers and let them go? I mean, the way the Niners play defense, I would think so. I mean, you try to talk yourself into it, David. You sound like you sound like you talk yourself into this. You're like hoping for it. You're like, if we score the most of anybody, we'll win this game. You know, I, I mean, look. <laughs> How do you go against the? I mean, obviously the books way smart. They know that the you know the Steelers. That's a pretty good bet right there because you got you know the, the you got the Steeler defense versus the Chiefs. Now we also don't know how healthy Travis Hill is. They say he's going to play. Is he really going to be Travis Hill? You know, is he going to be excuse me Tyreek Hill? Is mm-hmm. he really going to be Tyreek Hill? And is Travis Kelsey 100 percent? You know, we all get these injury reports now that everybody's fine and dandy, but once the game starts, they don't always look fine and dandy. And we do know the last time they played that really there was no that 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 Pittsburgh had no chance no to shot. really slow them down. And Ben, and if there's any wind in the stadium, and it's it's going to be challenging for Ben. It really is. I mean, I, I my hats off to Mike Tomlin. I think he deserves Coach of the Year. I think all the praise you can give him. But this is, as Steve Mackinnon said, this is one of the worst teams to me to reach the reach the playoffs. And when I when I do my playoff rankings, they are they are one of the worst teams there. Wow, and yeah, you and Steve Mack, and I'm trying to get you guys to come across to, to my Cowboy side, and you just won't join me today. Uh, very quickly, to that end, do you think that Mike Tomlin, would you vote for Mike Tomlin over Mike Vrabel for Coach of the Year? No, I wouldn't, but I would give it a lot of – I would. Mike Tomlin and Sean Payton deserve a lot of consideration. They really do. They did – you know, those nine wins that those two teams that, that, that they achieved is remarkable considering the circumstances. I mean, Sean Payton deal with a hurricane to start the season. Mm. His team was relocated for almost a month. And then he's gone through four quarterbacks, and then he's got a chance. I mean, that's really one. I think it's his finest hour. You're right. And, again, people forget that week one matchup where they just absolutely annihilated Aaron Rodgers and company on that neutral field in Jacksonville. Uh, Michael, when we come back, Lou Finnecaro is going to join us right here to talk NFC and, well, talk NFL and the Super Wild Card Weekend. And, yes, the UFC is back after a three-week hiatus. Come on back. It's Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. is a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all-new Big Game Big Dance special provides VEASAN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now. Get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of the best deals of the year. Visit VEASAN.com slash big deal to sign up today. 
Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi. This is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN. And, Michael, without further ado, we always have Lou yeah. Finicaro join us. And only we got his dog sometimes in the background. We got him right here in studio. Lou, it's great to have you here in Las Vegas with me here at South Point. And, Michael, Lou and I were just talking during the break. And it seems like a lot of times you look at the Super Wildcard weekend and you have some divisional matchups and rematches here with teams that know each other. And while it might not seem earth-shattering, what Lou and I were discussing, Lou, is that sometimes betters overlook the obvious, which is when you have Patriots and Bills, when you have Rams and Arizona, this is a third meeting. These coaches know each other like the back of their hands. Well, I try and make it easy on myself, uh, Dave and Michael. Dave, thank you so much for having me in and barging in on the studio today. Uh, I, at this time of year, I, I have notes and DVOA and all, but I really want to rely on football, and, and I want to try and get, keep it simple. Mm -hmm. uh, division familiarity is a theme that I've been running with for the last month or six weeks, and I think it still affects uh, play today. And to that end, uh, Lou, I believe yeah. that you like the Patriots and the Bills game to be a little bit conservative and close to the vest. I, I absolutely do. I, and again, uh, I, I lean to Patriots here. And so the scenario that I envision for the Patriots to try and control this ball game is exactly what they did in their first game against the Bills as opposed to the second game. Now, they were aided a great degree by weather. And though there's going to be weather in Buffalo this week, it's not going to be the same as what it was then. However, I do believe that the Patriot attack will be the same or approach in in that they've got to control the ball with those two runners. I look for Ramondra Stevenson to have a huge game as well as Harris. And if the Patriots can get the lead and put a little pressure on that Bill offense, I think that's the scenario I see, not only for a Patriot uh, advancement, but for a low-scoring tight game. Yeah, you know, I, I think we learned this in the college championship game, and certainly the injuries affected Alabama's receivers. But let's take that aside. I think anytime you have two really good coaches, right, and they battle in game one, then the rematch is always about adjustments to what the team did. And in game two, when Buffalo adjusted it out, now obviously the weather was much more conducive to their passing game, but they started fast. They played at a higher tempo. They didn't make a – you know, in that game – they did not have a play along uh, – the longest pass play was 28 yards. You know, McKenzie was spectacular filling in for Emmanuel Sanders, filling in for uh, – filling in for uh, – uh, Cole Beasley, and he was great. But the Patriots had to play from behind. They didn't throw the ball as effectively, and that hurt them. And I think now the Patriots know, okay, here's how they adjusted to what we're doing. Now here comes the third adjustment. And then this is going to be another game of adjustments and how you want to do it. I think Buffalo is going to rip off the sheet and say, we're going to do the same thing we did the last time we played them. We're going to throw the ball short. We're going to get get their linebackers to have to tackle. Singletary's going to run the ball. We're going to, you know, they, they ran the ball between Singletary and Allen in that game 24 times. Allen had 12 carries in that game. One of his 25-yard was on a scramble. He's the difference. He's the guy, the Patriots, when he's moving, they can't stop him. They had a play in the game. It was fourth and one. 20, I think the score was 27-21 at the time. And, yeah, it was 27-21 at the time. 26-21 at the time. They had a chance to stop him on fourth and one. 
and they run a they run a, a quarterback uh, sweep, and you know Stacy Jackson misses, Jamie Collins misses. The next thing you know, he gets four, four yards. They go on to score, put the game away. Had that, you know, had they gotten the ball back, they might have won the game. I think that's the difference. Michael, I have a question for you. Do you envision, or could you see uh, the Patriots? Maybe in sometime in the first drive or two, uh, let the quarterback throw a little bit just because they oh, may yeah. anticipate such a, a, a gold rush of Buffalo trying to stop the run. I think this game is going to be really determined on first down. I think if you watch the game, I think what the Patriots will do on first down is not take shots. I think what you'll see the Patriots do on first down is try to get seven, eight yards. I think they want to be able to keep the keep, have positive gains, stay in front of the snap count, and keep moving the ball down the field and keep the ball away from Buffalo. And first down is the key. They've got to handle first down. And they know the looks. Look, the one thing about Buffalo's defense, you're going to get an over front. You know that. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change. They've got three coverages they run. They're going to give you those coverages, and they got two specific different blitzes they run every week that they're going to change up based on what the, what you're doing. And so I think this game for Josh McDaniels is how he calls it on first down, how he gets, you know, how he gets ahead of the down and distance, gets it comfortable for, for, uh, for Mac Jones. Now, that doesn't mean he runs it on first down. That means he runs control passing on first down. Uh, got Lou Finnecaro in studio. Follow him on Twitter, at Gamblu, as I do. So let's stay with that theme, gentlemen. Let's go to the NFC. Let's talk about the Cardinals in the Rams and their third matchup here. First time, Cardinals went into SoFi, beat them up, right? And that was obviously after the Rams had beaten the, uh, the Buccaneers a week before, so maybe they were a little bit inflated. The last time, that big primetime matchup in Arizona, the Rams go out there and get the win. Lou, it's a high total here of 49 and a half, and the Rams favored by four. How do you handicap this one? Yeah, I, again, uh, we have some uh, a division uh, rivalry here. This will be the third game. We're going to not have Hopkins on the Arizona side, and I think you have uh, a mentally fragile group in the Rams limping into the playoffs off a division uh, loss last week. Uh, this is a game where I think the familiarity is going to translate into a lower scoring game. I think Arizona struggles without Hopkins. They don't really have uh, Christian Kirk stretches the defense a little bit, but they don't have that dual threat. And with all of that in mind, I look for the Arizona defense to stand tall. And I don't believe that McVeigh will run the ball like he always claims he's going to run the ball. (laughs) I really look at this game to go under, and I lean to the Cardinals a little bit. Uh, The thing that that I hesitate with, Dave, is that the Cardinals have a coach and a quarterback not been into the playoffs before, Mm. and that scares me to a degree. You know, I think it does. I think experience matters in these games, and I think that really the pressure's on Murray. I mean, look, Murray, last time they played, and they played in in, – in, in Arizona, he was the leading ball carrier at 61 yards. Remember, he had a 17-yard run in that game, but he didn't really, even though he, his numbers indicated he threw for a lot of yards, he threw two picks. You know, he threw two picks, and Stafford played the game clean, and they were able to run the ball. Not great. They ran it 21 times the last time they played it. But I'm with you, Lou. I think this is about pace. I think that they need to be able to, Arizona needs to control the pace of the game and put some pressure. I think you have to make the Rams to become a drop-back pass team. Now, I know you'd say that, well, they got Cooper Cup and they got Beckham. They're, no, they can't pass protect and drop back. 
when they don't have the ability to run the ball and run play action, it's the same thing when, with the golf. They get in behind in a game and they have to play catch up. It's a problem for them. Look, they couldn't run the ball out against the 49ers last week. If they get a first down there, the Niners are in the playoffs, mm. but they couldn't. And I think that's going to be the key. You've got to pace this game, and you've got to be able to run the football effectively. And Murray, to me, Murray must play great. And he hasn't been great in the last month. Can Stafford play a clean game in the postseason? That is a big if. We're going to find out on Monday night. Got a couple minutes left with Lou Finicaro here. And whenever we have Lou on, they say, you got to ask him UFC. Yes, I love talking UFC. So for the final couple minutes here, Lou, we've been on a hiatus from first strike. We're going to be back this week. We got a big one. Calvin Cater going up against Giga Chikatse. My goodness, minus 250 for Giga. Uh, Calvin getting plus 200. And also the over-under in rounds, two and a half, juiced heavily to the over. I saw it rising because I know you like that and they must have been listening to you because it's juiced heavily now to minus 170. What do you make of this main event match? I'd love to think that because I tweeted out a position <laughs> that the line moved, but I don't buy that. Uh, I will say that in uh, the UFC, just like in the NFL, uh, trying to get ahead of the line and beating, get, obtaining closing line value is important. This uh, over-under came out two and a half minus 140. I, fig- I, I really believe that's mispriced. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Chikadze, who was in diapers when he started kickboxing, he's accomplished. He should be a favorite, but I don't believe Cater is getting credit for the durability and toughness that he possesses. And so I look for this fight to go past two and a half rounds based on Cater's durability, but I think Chikadze is the, the legal favorite. 30 seconds ago, Caitlin Chikagian is going to take on Jennifer Maya. Maya plus 150 on the comeback in the co-main event. What do you make of this matchup at Flyweight? Uh, a rematch of a fight a few years ago where Chukagian kept her on the outside and pitter-pattered her. However, Chukagian has not really improved much since then. She's maintained great ability. Maya's improved drastically. The over two and a half in this fight, three th- minus 330. <laughs> So instead of Maya plus 150, how about let's take a look at her at plus 300 via decision. Lou Finnecaro, great to have you in studio. Follow him Thanks, on Game Lou. Lou. Check him out on First Strike with me on Friday. Come on back. It's Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer in the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer, you're going to win 200 bucks in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use the bonus code VSIN200 when you make your very first bet. Plus, you're going to earn M-Life rewards that can be redeemed for rooms and dining at any MGM resort. BetMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi here on the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN. And Michael, we've been talking about a lot of teams here and potentially how far we think they can they can make a realistic run. And one team we have not mentioned as of yet, that's because they're not going to play in Super Wildcard Weekend because they've already won their first round matchup theoretically, and that is the Tennessee Titans. So they get the week yeah. off. But I still get the belief, even when you look at the odds here at BetMGM, that people, even though they're the one seed, do not respect Mike Vrabel's bunch. So to lose in that no. first round, and we don't even know who the opponent is, it's plus 150. Lose in the second round for them, the championship round, plus 125. And then kind of long shots here to win the Super Bowl at plus 750, but to get there and lose plus 550. Realistically, Michael, how far do you think the Tennessee Titans can go? You know, they're a funny team. You know, when they lost Henry, I thought their season was over. I thought they were headed for a 7-10 and 10 year, and Vrabel kind of reforce them. They go out to Los Angeles and don't even do anything offensively and win the game because they played great defense. You know, they're 22nd in, in offensive yards per play. You know, they're 13th in defensive yard per play. I mean, the numbers that they have accumulated during the year are not very good. They're 20th in DVOA. They're, they're 11th in point differential. They're 15th in offense and defensive yard. I mean, it's just not great in any area, but yet they find a way to win. And the key for them, now they haven't turned the ball over in, in the last three weeks, right? And, no, and what's, what, what, what is synonymous with them not turning the ball over? They won those games. Mm. The last time they turned the ball over was Pittsburgh. They lost. They turned it over four times. Turned it over four times against New England and lost. Turned the ball over five times against Houston lost. And so when they turned the ball over multiple times through fumbles or interceptions, they, can't, they have no margin for error. It's so slim. And all Vrabel's been able to do is done a great job of securing the football, punting, living for another day, being really good on situational football. Think about this. All those numbers I echoed out are real, yet they're eighth best offensive team on third down. They're the sixth best defensive team on third down. Mm. They're the fifth best 
offensive team when they get to the red zone, and they're the seventh best defense. So situational football, they excel out. And what are the playoffs? The playoffs are situational football. Right. And this team is really good at all of them. You can dismiss them, but they're really good at situational football. And I think that is why they fly under the radar so often. They're going to be a hard team to beat unless they beat themselves. And you got to give Rabel all the credit in the world for being able to do it. It's just really remarkable. You want to write them off. You want to say they're not very good, you know, and they struggled to beat Houston in the final game by three points, didn't cover that number. You know, it's all true. It's all right there. But when they're focused and, and but when it gets into a situation, they're pretty damn good. You know, Derrick Henry, we believe, Michael, they're going to get him back to what degree. It's a great point you made earlier in the program about, yeah, even though you get the name back, you wonder how much the player is actually going to be able to contribute in that next round if he can go at all. But Dante Foreman's been kind of – look, nobody's Derrick right. Henry. We understand that. But Foreman's been running pretty well. Do you think Vrabel changes? If you're in that front office with Vrabel, Michael, are you saying let's run the king as much as we can or kind of use him alongside Dante Foreman? No, I think they're going to spare him. So let's go back and look at this thing closely, right? So he gets hurt in the Colt game. He finishes that game. They win that game in overtime. Thanks to Carson, Ricky Fowler, Wentz, okay? (laughs) The next week they travel out to Los Angeles and they don't do anything offensively, yet they win the game. Then they play at home against New Orleans. They really don't do much offensively. They get 264 yards of offense. They win that game. Don't turn the ball over. The Saints do. And the Saints get a a huge, bad pass interference call in the end zone. Then they start getting going a little bit. Against Houston, they run for 103. Against New England, they run for 270. Jacksonville, 102. Pittsburgh, they ran for 201 yards. You know, San Francisco, they ran for 90. Against Miami, a 198. And then last week, so they're running the ball. They're they're playing Derrick Henry football without Henry the last five weeks. But even when Henry comes back, even when he comes back, they can't turn the ball over. Their margin for victory is so slim that they can't give the ball away. And, you know, the one of the areas where I think you got to be concerned about it, it, with their team is Randy Bullock. I mean, I don't think he's a great field goal kicker. He's 42 and 45 on extra points. You know, I think he struggles, especially especially when you look at him from the 40 to 50. 40 to 50. He's 8 of 13 in that area. Mm. They don't even try him on long field goals. Right. But in those makeable where you got to kick it like you're at the 40, you got a 44 yard field goal. You got to kick that. Right. You can't like don't miss up the three points. He's eight for four. He's eight for 13. Yeah, I can't get the Carson Wentz, Ricky Fowler comparison out of my head. Let's look at the Kansas City Chiefs here, Michael. And again, obviously, uh, when you have Patrick Mahomes, you got Andy Reid. Uh, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, you know, you've got visions of grandeur of winning that Super Bowl plus 500, okay? To lose in the Super Bowl and get there is plus 450. To lose in the wild card round, they just don't believe they're going to lose the Steelers plus 550. So, realistically, is it Super Bowl or bust for this team? Well, I mean, look, that's certainly what they're prepared for. Uh, They they can't lose. I mean, how did they lose to Pittsburgh? I couldn't even imagine it. Now, I don't know if I want to. I mean, my numbers say to take Pittsburgh and lay and get the 12 and a half. I couldn't do it. I just, uh, there's just no way I could do it. You know, I, 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 even though I know that, that this team is not a great and they get backdoor covered, they're not great at covering. I mean, look at the Denver game. They were fortunate to win Denver. Mm-hmm. I think what would concern me for the Chiefs in terms of getting to the Super Bowl this year is the last two games of the season, how bad they've been on defense. I mean, they have not played well defensively in the last two weeks. They've given up 34 and 24. And look, they won that game against Denver. 
for one reason and one reason only is they, you know, Denver blew an assignment down there in the red zone and they didn't block the didn't block Melvin Ingram coming off the edge and he blew it up and they mm-hmm. got seven. And then Locke doesn't even tackle the guy. <laughs> He's what was that all about? Exactly right. I mean, Locke didn't even try. Like, 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 <laughs> get him. Come on, like, just get him. If you get him on the ground, we got a chance. Yeah. You let him go 80 plus yards. I mean, they haven't right. played good, Dave. They, 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 they. I was talking to Will Hill today earlier. We were talking about the games and, you know, against Denver the first time they gave up a buck 54 yard on the ground. Then they played the Chargers, which they shouldn't have won that game either. I mean, they shouldn't have won the Charger game, except for you know, you know mm-hmm. who and his decisions to do what he does. But they gave up 192 rushing in that game. Then they played Pittsburgh. The last time Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh ran for 130 on them. I mean, Pittsburgh ran for 130 on them. And then, you know, Cincinnati, Cincinnati didn't have to run. They were throwing it down the field to Burrow. Right. They only threw, you know, they threw for 415 in that game. So I just think their defense, which was really good from the second half of the Washington game in week six of the season, they haven't, they haven't matched that lately. They no. have been vulnerable. They absolutely have, Michael. And one defense we never worry about, and defenses travel, as you well know, in the postseason, that'd be the New England Patriots. So you look at their prospects going forward, and I know the questions will be about the the rookie quarterback, Mac 10, in Mac Jones. To lose this weekend in New England, they're getting some respect. It's only minus 200 here. Uh, So, again, they're getting four points here, and I think a lot of people think they're a live dog this weekend. Can they win a couple games? Twenty to one to win the whole thing. Sixteen to one to get to the Super Bowl. What do you make of the job Bill Belichick has done with his rookie quarterback and the prospects in this postseason? Well, I think he's been remarkable. I mean, they've done a great job with him. I mean, let's face it. But I think you go back and watch that Buffalo game in New England. They gave up four hundred twenty-eight yards. They couldn't stop him, and they couldn't match up to him. And they 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 took advantage of of Miles Bryant and against Isaiah McKenzie and, and Allen, you know, threw for 314. They were in complete control of that game from start to finish. And the, the Patriots have to play a way different game if they're going to beat them this time. They have to play a way different game. They have to kind of really do something different. I think it's a really hard game for the Patriots. I really do. Uh, not that I think that they haven't done a great job. Mac Jones has made too many mistakes. You know, in the last four weeks, he's turned the ball over seven times. They lost, they're one and three in the last four weeks. The only game he didn't turn it over was in Jacksonville. They can't afford to make mistakes. And when they're upside down in the turnover takeaway column, like they were in Indianapolis, like they were against Buffalo, like they were with Miami, they're going to lose. Yeah, it, it always gets down to it, right? We always hear how football has changed so much and, you know, defenses don't want to. No, it gets down to defense and who doesn't turn the football over and who can run it effectively in the postseason. It's situational in playoffs. It's all situational football. Third down, short yardage, yep. all those situations, which the Titans are great at and nobody wants to give them credit for. No question about it. Michael, always enjoy it each and every Wednesday. Again, I want to thank Steve thank you, David, uh, Michael Gelkin, and, of course, Lou Finicaro, and, of course, you as well, Michael Lombardi. Uh, Patrick Maher will be back in the seat tomorrow for another edition of the Lombardi Line. Enjoy the rest of your betting day here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.